Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor, thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including stories about holistic and mental wellness, as well as talking about tools for changes in life. And if you like this episode, please check out the others and do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. And now for this episode, I am so honored to introduce you to Emily Aries, an author, podcast host, keynote speaker, as well as founder and CEO of Bossed Up. Naturally, COVID-19 caused so many companies to spiral and also to pivot. Now, Bossed Up is one of these companies, and in this episode, Emily shares the challenges and opportunities that not only helped her business, but helped her move forward personally as well. She is bright, motivational, and full of teachable moments. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with Emily Aries, founder and CEO of Bossed Up, which is also the title of her book and podcast. Her career started on the political campaign scene. After rising the ranks in the election world, she launched Bossed Up, an award-winning personal and professional development company. Emily has worked with tons of leaders at Fortune 500 companies, including Facebook, American Express, and Hilton Worldwide, just to name a few. Now, she's won awards and continually is being featured in media, talking about how people can transform their careers and communities. Now, in March 2020, as we all know, so much changed. All her in-person speaking and training was put on hold due to COVID-19, and 100% of planned events were canceled. Mm. Now, as a company focused on signature events and in-person opportunities, they were faced like so many people with big decisions and honestly not so much direction. Now, the good news is now, a year later, Bossed Up is innovating and listening to their community's needs, and today, Emily is going to share that struggle or should I say the opportunities it brought about, as well as give us hope for better days. Emily, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Karen. It's great to be speaking with you. Well, I love it. I was actually on your podcast around the holidays. And what's so fun about this podcasting world, as well as just, I guess, self-improvement, corporate career improvement, personal improvement, is that you connect with so many amazing people. And it's been really fun to continue the conversation, but go in a different direction. Absolutely. Thanks for reciprocating the invitation. I appreciate that. Well, I was so excited. I think the world of you, and I've been following you for a while, as we all have a mutual friend who was also on this podcast named Valerie Gordon, who I worked with at ESPN, and I know she's worked with you on some speaking 
engagements. And she was the one who introduced us, had said, had told me so much about Bossed Up and how your events have been life-changing for so many. And so I was honored to be on your podcast. And frankly, I'm, I'm really excited to dig deeper into your story because mm. I know, I saw, I heard you were hiring people for the company. It was continually growing. And then all of a sudden, the world shuts down in March of 2020. So <laughs> can you talk to us a yeah. little bit about where was your head at and what were you thinking and how did this look totally. for you? So first, let me set the scene, right? Because I had been a solopreneur for over seven years uh, when I realized it was time to really invest in my business. It was time to take bigger risks. It was time to bring on people full time because I really believe that it's so important to not just run your business with contractor labor, but instead to create a business that creates jobs. And that's really important right. to me just politically and personally. So I finally felt in a financial position after seven years of entrepreneurial experimentation that, okay, I have a predictable revenue stream. I've really dialed in my systems. I have more business booked out for all of 2020 than I'd ever had before. I had landed my biggest contracts to date. My book had been doing really well. You know, everything was coming up roses. And so I hired on two longtime part-time contractors as full-time employees. And I learned how to provide health benefits, even though our small business didn't qualify for a, a traditional health plan. And I figured out how to, you know, create different incentives to make this a really great place to work. I got us an office and all of a sudden we had a real company with a real team growing. And within 15 days of me wow. bringing on my second ever full-time employee, all of our business for 2020 completely evaporated. So I had just hired, and these women walked away from full-time jobs, some of them, to like bet on Bossed Up with me, right? Kirby and Ellie, my incredible marketing and sales professionals who work with me at Bossed Up to this day, thank God. Uh, we looked at each other as every single speaking event canceled, <sighs> and we looked at each other and recognized, okay, that Bossed Up Boot Camp, that weekend-long conference we had coming up in San Francisco, we were going to have to cancel that one and all of the others for the year. And then I started panicking. I think every small business owner was in a similar existential spiral yeah. of like, how the hell are we going to get through this. I, I'm now responsible for not just one person's livelihood, but three of us. And I had just tripled our payroll. And I look back now and I'm able to laugh at it only in retrospect. Yeah, but right. the reality was extremely dire. And I'll tell you, Karen, when the PPP came out, it was, you know, had such potential for being uh, a lifeline for business owners, the Paycheck Protection Program. Yep. And I started my application and soon realized that Bossed Up, we fell through a crack. We fell through a little bit of a loophole, which was we were not a new business, but my employees didn't count because my business was neither new 
And last year's taxes showed zero employees. So if you have a new business with three new employees, you could say, we're new. Here's my employee count. But if you had an existing business, they based your employee count off of your last filed taxes. And being the overachiever I was, I had already finished my taxes really early in 2020. And so the PPP came through and did not provide any protection for my actual employees. So <sighs> we looked at each other and said, ladies, the cavalry's not coming. If we do not get ourselves out of this really tough spot we are in, we will not have jobs in a very, very short order. And that's when we got really busy pivoting. Wow. I mean, so many things here. I know so many small businesses were counting on that help. And to hear you say that you fell, it fell in the cracks. Yeah. I'm guessing yeah. that other people, wow, that happened to as well. And yeah. That and I was lucky. I had a relationship with my lender. I had a line of credit that I had already taken out but hadn't touched just to have as a safeguard. So we weren't completely without credit. Um but yeah, it's, I mean, we're still in a hole. We're still digging out from where we were a year ago. So, you know, the safety measures, it, it does hurt your head and heart a little bit when you hear, you know, Fortune 500 companies, you know, yeah. are, you know, are getting, are getting millions. Help, right. Yeah, and hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, I'm not one to cast judgment because as long as they go to paychecks, I don't care right. how right, big right. your paycheck and your payroll is. But it did hurt to not to feel like we were left out. And fortunately, the state of Colorado had some programs that we were eligible for. The United Way of Denver had some programs that we were eligible for. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're not just going to you're not going to finance your way or or cut your way, budget cut your way out of a an existential threat. We had to completely transform the business model or we would not still be here. Well, and that is what I would love for you to speak about. First, can you tell us when was it? You go through, as you said, an existential spiral. Yeah. And probably looking for, as you t talked about, you had to apply at some point for the PPT or you had to look to the state of Colorado or, or United Way, other places to see where you could get money. But at what point... Did you have that moment or several moments mm. where you're like, we have to pivot and here, how's, here's how we're putting yeah. one foot in front of the other? I mean, I knew that fear and anxiety were not going to be really helpful for my team's creativity. And that's what we needed more than anything. I needed my team to feel safe enough, <laughs> right, <laughs> to like – be creative, really, in, in honesty. Like, that's what we needed. We needed to create some psychological safety. So I was actually quite proud of the the balancing act that we struck when it came to emotional intelligence as a team. So one, we started talking about our feelings a lot. We made it okay, you know, if you were feeling panicked one day or you were feeling excited one day, to just have a check-in at every morning meeting uh, and the thing about my, t my team is that when we're in a corner, we get really creative. We get really busy. There's a lot of mutual trust there. So I didn't sugarcoat the situation. I said, listen, ladies, here's the books. Let's look at the numbers. Very open book policy. I said, here's the runway we have. We have until May <laughs> to figure out how to make money. <laughs> and we need to do that. And we're going to need to work really hard right now in a way that I – 
you know, I, I don't think is a good long-term strategy, but we moved up our morning meetings from 9 a.m. to 8 a.m., okay. Monday through Friday, right? All of a sudden, our summer Fridays and winter Fridays went out the window. So we went from like a four-day work week half the year to a five-day work week, right? Okay. Shit got real. <laughs> and, I, and everybody was down for it. Everyone was like, yes, I trust what you're telling me. You're being candid and honest with me. This is a, not a great situation. But I also created enough psychological safety as a leader to say, we can do this. You know, we have a robust community of podcast listeners, email subscribers, website visitors, women who have trusted our brand over seven plus years of me building this company who are in need of support. If we can stay relevant, if we can stay helpful, if we can stay generous to our community in this time of need, they will show up for us too. That was the sort of message I came out with. And then I would go home and like, you know, have my own little panic attacks with yeah. my husband. <laughs> and like, if I needed to cry it out, that's what my therapist is there for. That's yeah. what my parents are there for. But like, I really had to create a vision of hope as a leader that said, this shit is real. Part of my French, like this is hard, but we can do this. And we have to somehow remain relevant in people's time of need. And so that, that was our winning strategy. We started hosting virtual panels five days a week. I mean, we were bringing people together virtually to have conversations about managing your money in times of crisis, you know, how to navigate the job search during, you know, complete uncertainty, what to know about unemployment benefits. We came out with a job search guide. We just came out with resources that we could be as helpful as possible to our community so that we could remain top of mind and relevant for people as we simultaneously started developing our new programs that could substitute our new virtual accelerators and career development programs that could help people during this time of need, but did not require flying to an in-person conference. Yeah, right, right. That so it was a busy time. It was pretty chaotic, but it was a productive kind of frenetic energy. <laughs> Well, I, I love what you said, and I think this is so relevant, not just for people in business, but when you talk about having this vision of hope and you were creating it. Right. So can you tell us, I mean, here I am, two-time cancer survivor. I think I, I live right. that. I always believe in hope. <laughs> right. I think other people that have been through any type of hardship, and, and these are the stories that I'm trying to tell, is like, there is always a way to have hope. Can yeah. you tell me what do you think it is in, in you or that one needs to create a vision of hope? It's mm. a good question. It's a hard one to answer because there's a bit of audacity required, right? Yes. <laughs> Some people think of it as entitlement, which is to me like a dirty word for audacity, right? It's yes. like, you know – the audacity of thinking that I could be helpful to people in a global pandemic. I'm a, you know, pretty privileged person in a lot of ways. And, you know, you're not looking for promotion when you have a global pandemic all of a sudden hit your scene. And that's that's what I was helping women do. That's what Boss Up has helped people do for many years now is make radical progress in your career, whether that means negotiating your salary, getting a raise, getting a promotion, cultivating more leadership skills, clarifying your vision, navigating the job search. But like when there are basic eg existential threats facing us all, what do we care about? We care about our right. health, our yeah. family, our loved ones. So the audacity 
that is required to have a vision means believing you can actually be of service to people, (laughs) right? Like, I believe that I can do more good. And I think the question then becomes how, to whom, in what ways? And, you know, hope I don't think is something that's constructed in isolation. It's really a communal act. So we created hope in those virtual panels. We created hope in listening to our audience, focus group testing, wondering what's on their mind, taking surveys, talking with my team, you know, kind of looking for creative innovation all around us. Because even in some would argue most especially in times of crisis, there's always innovation happening. Right. Because as people's needs shift, there are opportunities to meet those needs in new and creative ways. So for me, it was like, all right, we can still serve a purpose, not to everybody right now, but to some people. Let's figure out who those people are, what they're feeling, what they're searching for, what they need, and how we can help meet those needs in a way that plays into our area of expertise. So it was really a creative communal act of dialoguing, of listening. I can't underscore that enough because listening actively to other people's emotions and and mindsets and just taking the temperature of our community is what enabled us to pivot and create programs that really spoke to people's shifting career needs. Well, and and I would say if you repeated exactly what you just said, I think that's very powerful advice for anyone if you've got a friend that's going through a hard time. You know, if that friend's going through a divorce, if that friend's going through yeah. a hard time with a family member, uh, cancer, chronic illness, job loss. Yeah. To be able to truly listen to someone and maybe not have the answers right then and there, but to listen and then offer some ideas yeah. later on proactively, that to me is very powerful. And that is, as you're talking about, this this way of presenting some hope. Totally. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because like, it is a little presumptive, I think, to offer advice unsolicited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is like, it really starts with listening and then making sure people want your help before yeah. you brainstorm and want to offer it. So whether it's someone who's in mourning and lost, like people come to Bossed Up for community and for connection, which is just such a universal human basic need. You know, do you want more resources to help further your job search, we can help you with that. But it it, it is a, a fine line, right? A delicate balance really between making sure do you just want to be listened to or do you want to have a brainstorming partner in ideation for what comes next? So I've really tried to take that to heart. I didn't always know that, to be honest. That was a lesson I learned the hard way. <laughs> but it, it is balancing that audacity of believing, hey, maybe I can be of support to someone here with let me do a gut check first. Let me listen first. Let me put their needs central you know, to this conversation to make sure I, I check in with them to see where they're at. And I think that's a really important leadership lesson, too. Right. While we were navigating all of this, I wasn't just trying to take the temperature of our client base. It was like my two full-time staffers who all of a sudden found themselves on a very unpredictable roller coaster with me. How are they doing mentally, emotionally, physically? So, you know, safety, psychological and physical 
came first in order to enable us to be creative and innovative. Wow. I, I want to hear more about what you were offering. And if you have a few tips, because I know right now, and I would even think in the foreseeable future, mm. so many people are unemployed or even uh, uninspired. And I've been talking yeah. a bit about this on Pretty Wellness. That it's If you've got a job, yeah, you know, maybe you're lucky that you still love it and you feel like it's secure, but so many people at least uh, have had to think a lot about it if they're not mm-hmm. unemployed. They might very well be uninspired. So what are you talking about at Bossed Up right now that you can share with us here to the Happiness Through Hardship listeners? I mean, that's such a great way of putting it, unemployed or uninspired, right? Because <laughs> nothing has leveled out yet. We are still in this mess. and My business is as volatile as ever. It's just, it's hard. In some in some ways, it's, it's harder now because all the adrenaline of that initial panic has, you know, yeah. has given way to fatigue and burnout and just hitting our collective pandemic wall. It's really, I think motivation globally is in the toilet right now. So I think we have to first and foremost be really gentle with ourselves, be kind to ourselves, recognize that our ambition might not be around right now, but it's not gone. It's not gone yeah. forever. So what do you need from a basic human needs standpoint to take care of yourself? Is it seeking out mental health resources? Is it, you know, taking more precautions or, you know, I'm my, one of my favorite coping mechanisms for my anxiety is just getting super organized yeah. <laughs> and like taking an entire afternoon to get my household chores and grocery plan with my husband on a project management piece of software, (laughs) which I did this weekend and was like extremely delightful to this Virgo here. So, you know, figuring out what do I need to do to quell my anxiety in my Mm -hmm. case or to just be gentle with myself. For some, it might just be, you know, indulging in some candles at Target, whatever it is. Do what you need to do to find joy right now. That shit is... Hard to come by. And then I think on the other side of radically accepting ourselves and where we're at and and comforting ourselves and taking care of ourselves is reminding ourselves that, you know what, no one's going to make our career a priority more than we are. So don't wait for the cavalry to come. They're not coming. Yeah. Right? Don't, Don't look to someone else, even a supposed guru or an author or a podcaster for the end-all be-all list of what I must be doing. Like, career transformation begins with self-reflection. What is it that is a gap or feels like a gap in my life right now? The gap between where I want to be and where I am. Don't hide from it in shame, right? Look at it. Put it on paper. Get it out in the open. Talk it over with a trusted ally. And then it's hard not to move towards closing that gap. Once you identify it and talk about it and remember it's not a personal failing, it's a personal calling to do something to close that gap, then it's really hard to do nothing. (laughs) So the final step is, in my opinion, right, after we take care of ourselves radically and embrace where we're at and then start to identify the gap between where we are professionally or personally and where we want to be is to seek out a community of support. Because none of us get there any faster by going it alone. 
Again, that's a lesson I had to learn the hard way. And if you find a community of like-minded people who are willing to cheer you on and hype you up, you will get so much further, so much faster. So that's really what the Bossed Up community provides. But wherever you find camaraderie, go for it. Connection is at a premium right now. And even if it's virtual connection, which isn't ideal, it's better than nothing. Well, and to that, I will say that as a solopreneur for the last seven years, it's as funny as you're talking about this. I'm like, ooh, different, you know, stars are going off right now as we're speaking mm. for me. But I I do so much virtually. I did even before this. And so it's wild that this year I have been so isolated, but yet I have felt so connected because I have reached out to my various communities. Yeah. And so granted, I'm not giving the hugs like I'm a big hugger and I don't know when yeah. that's going to ever come back. Yeah. But but I, I agree with you. And the boss step is, as you know, when we talked about at the top of this conversation is such a strong, like loving, supportive community where, you know, I know my friend brought it to my attention about yeah. this is something that so many people need, especially right. in this time, but even beyond it, because Wherever we are in life, it's always great to have somebody to toss ideas off of, personal or professional. Right. And it's kind of amazing the good in people. It's hard to remember during really challenging times because, I don't know, there's just, with like with every other day's headlines, we are reminded of the bad in right. this world. Right. But I'll tell you what, I don't even like half of what I see on Facebook, but the only reason I'm still there is because of our courage community on Facebook. It's called the Bossed Up Courage Community. And every day, multiple times a day, women will go to that Facebook group and say, hey, I'm a longtime lurker, first time poster. <laughs> I need your help because I'm faced with this really tricky situation at work. My boss is making us come back to the office and I have a pre-existing condition and I don't feel safe. What do I do? Or... I just got a promotion, but it turns out it's a toxic situation. Would you stay or would you go? And whatever the questions are, every day I see dozens of women responding to strangers, complete strangers, if not with guidance and advice, with their own experiences or with their own words of encouragement. So if you find the right communities and you seek them out, wherever they might be, meetup.com, Facebook, TikTok, whatever you want to Peloton, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people find community in lots of places. And yeah. I th I'm so glad you mentioned Peloton, Karen, because it's so important during this time to diversify our sources of strength and identity. You know, let's say your career isn't where you want it to be and you don't feel risk tolerant to ch make a change there right now. That's okay. Do something else in the meantime, right? Give yourself a time limit. Say in six months, I'm going to start my job search. And in those six months, practice playing the drums or pick up a watercolor hobby or whatever it is, right? Be become an expert bread baker like so many folks have done in this last year. Progress in one area of our lives trickles over into other areas of our life that we feel more confident in pursuing mastery there, right? So I've been working on music. My husband and I play like pretty heavy metal rock music in our garage. We have a little band 
and I was just really not a good drummer two years ago. I was a total beginner, took some lessons. And I'll tell you what, I'm a pretty great drummer now, or at least <sighs> relatively. And when I feel most out of control in what's happening in my business, at least I know how to be a novice and how to chip away at something, how to keep at something and try and try and try again. And that experience in one area of your life, as silly as playing the drums might be, you know, feels encouraging when you feel like a complete novice at accounting or taxes or whatever adulting obstacle is in our path next. I think I, there's so many directions I could go with this. I, first of all, I love it because I think <laughs> as somebody who really believes in finding joy in whatever journey we're going through in life, knowing that so many of us have health obstacles, to be able to find something that brings you joy is incredibly healing yeah. from a personal standpoint. But then from a professional standpoint, what you're pointing out here is also such a good lesson is that it is okay to learn new skills and not be great at it at first. <laughs> right. Because I am guessing, I mean, I am a recovering perfectionist. It sounds like you might be as well. Yep. And, and so... To, for me to start over, I'll tell you to jump into this pool of being a podcaster myself. Mm. Yes, I took broadcast journalism in college. I've worked at, you know, TV stations, you know, radio, whatever it was back in the day, and then spent a career in media. But on the business side, I was a little nervous to actually host this show, especially because so many people I was interviewing are you know, former media folks in media or, hey, a <laughs> podcaster like yourself. Right, right. And so, yeah. but like everything else, I mean, here I am over 40 episodes in. And by the time this airs, probably closer to 50. That's awesome. And it's, you know, this is something, and I say that to all the listeners out there who've been with me from the, since the beginning or just coming to me now that knowing that sometimes you just have to take a leap personally and professionally because through time and through practice, mm. and you're going to get a lot out of it, whether it's enriching the skill, as you said, you're a much better drummer now, or you've got this space for yourself when you're having a rough day to just go beat it out on the drums. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, I don't know, I think we, I think part of what helped me overcome that perfectionism and the risk aversion that is so natural and commonplace especially given how our society raises us to be achievers, yes. is people aren't paying that close of attention, right? Like <laughs> nobody cares as much as you do. And like if you're not doing it for yourself, you know, if you're doing it for likes or if you're doing it for money even, and that's a that's a underpinning, a philosophy that really underpins my whole business is like if you're not enjoying yourself, if you're not learning and growing – this isn't going to work out long term, right? Like you've got to pursue something that you want to make your mastery if you want to pursue it for a long time, you know, and, and you don't have to. I am all about the multi-passionate entrepreneur and the dabbler and the creative uh, experimentation. That's awesome. But like, I don't know. I think if you're not doing it for you in some way, if you're not doing it because you love the learning process or you love the uh, outcome that you can create for folks, you know, no one else cares as much as we think they do. They're not paying that close of attention, which is what helped me when I started my business embrace all the failures along the way. Like there were so many failures. I'm sure 
it's not over yet. You know, I'm still failing forward in some ways. But it's like those early failures that felt like, oh, shit, like I have to go get a full time job. I I quit my job prematurely. I can't (laughs) I can't support myself on this yet. Nobody cared. Nobody was watching as closely as you think they are. And it's like, you know, keep at it or pivot. But the choice is yours. Um, and, and I think during times of crisis, the fear of judgment is so unnecessarily stressful. It's like we yes. we have enough of that in our lives. Yes. Just like taking care of ourselves and our loved ones is stressful enough right now. Let's not layer on fear of other people judging us right now because nobody has a right to judge you, especially in 2020 and beyond. Uh, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Well, and I want to I want to repeat this again because I think I need to hear it and so many of us need to hear it. It's we get in our heads a lot and people are not paying as close of attention. I know that that, uh, you know, I myself and a handful or many hands full of people are pleasers. Oh, and totally. yeah, my mom's been saying since I was a kid, she's like, you don't need to be a people pleaser. No one's watching that closely. That's exactly what you're saying here. Yeah. Is, you know, find your why, as a lot of, uh, you know, inspirational speakers would say. What is your why? What is your passion? And, you know, dabble yeah. your toe in it, whether it's just yeah. for fun and it brings skills yeah. and healing, or if it's maybe a, it'll be visionary for you down the road. And, and I, you, don't, I, you, you don't have to justify it to anybody. That's the thing. I, I, I think I had trouble as a pleaser as well, as someone who left a toxic relationship early in my career, who was totally burnt out in my what looked very good on paper political mm-hmm. ascendancy of like I was a leader at a young age. I had a cool, exciting job and everyone looked great, but I didn't feel great. And I, I spent so much time trying to justify why I wanted to leave that track behind or why I wanted to exit this relationship, which turned out actually was totally not okay the whole time. It was totally abusive and messed up the whole time. And, you know, being choosing you, choosing what you want to do, radically pursuing joy, health, healing, that shit does not require explanation. And like, you don't owe anyone else an explanation unless you're in a legally binding contract with them, I suppose, then you do. But like, you know, there is something pretty radical in being your own champion. And that is a hard fought lesson I've had to learn many times in my life. But that is part of what the whole bossed up philosophy is. No one will steer your life but you. So even if you can't rationalize it, you know, make those choices mindfully and then pursue them unapologetically. And whatever that looks like in your life, if it means taking a step back from your career, if it means taking two steps forward in your career, if it means radically caring for yourself during a time of need or seeking out support, I think radical progress looks really different for different folks at different times in your life. But you're the boss of your career you're the boss of your life and the minute it starts to feel that starts to feel untrue uh there's some realignment to have happen to make it true again well i love the fact that you've shared with us so much information whether it's for us professionally or if for us for us personally is there anything else that through hard times has helped you find a little joy during your journey Hmm. I live in Denver, Colorado, and 
As someone who was a longtime East Coaster, I grew up in Connecticut, right near ESPN, uh-huh. uh, and went to school in Rhode Island and lived in D.C. for a long time. I have rediscovered the healing powers of nature. I think we might have talked about this on, on your yes. interview on my podcast. Yeah. And my God, is a walk in the woods just a mental, like neurological stress relieving shower of yes. endorphin boosting joy. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of hiking, a lot of walking. I don't even care where we hike. It's like, you want to go for a hike? I'm down. <laughs> it's a hike in the park or a hike in a mountain. I'm in. And I'm not even, I'm not pursuing any kind of record. I'm not pursuing any kind of achievement with it at all. But meeting up in a safe, distanced way with my family members, my loved ones, my friends for a walk in the woods has been the most joyful thing I've done for myself many times this year, rain or shine. <laughs> and I cannot well, recommend it enough. I And I'm right there with you. You know I believe this too. For so many people that I've spoken to, speaking with health professionals, experts, mm. I mean, insert name here, my mother, right, says when you go outside, when you get up, when you, it shifts your energy oftentimes to a more positive place. And so- totally. I, you know, I'm right there with you. I think going outside, it, it brings me joy and it can do that for others. And I am so grateful for where I live here in Connecticut because I am just surrounded by the water and some beautiful nature. Yeah. And on that note, I am hoping as we close out each podcast by playing the grateful game, I was wondering if you would be willing to play with me. Absolutely. Can I make one quick book recommendation on the nature? Yes. yes I interviewed yes, yes. Florence Williams on my podcast okay. a couple years ago. She wrote a book called The Nature Fix, which for anyone who's into the neuroscience of the healing powers of nature, it's a must read. My mother-in-law gifted it to me for Christmas a couple years ago, and it's excellent. Ooh, I love that because it sounds like it's just in line with what we're talking about. Yeah. Totally. And it's it, it, she gets into the details of it. So I wrote that down for myself. I'll also include it in the show notes, but I Great. definitely want to take advantage of that because, like I said, I've been hearing so many people yeah, talk so about good. it. It's so good. So, she, talks, she introduced me to this Japanese term called forest bathing. They literally call a walk in the woods forest bathing, which is just the best way to describe like the all over your body experience that you feel uh, when you take a walk in the woods. You know, it really is a bath for your brain. And I think you said something about the, sh- the shower of your endorphins. Like that goes yeah. right into that analogy totally. as well. Totally. Right, the importance. So everybody who's listening right now, if you're not outside listening to us, I encourage <laughs> you. And In fact, sometimes I take walks and I listen to podcasts myself. Totally. And Same. one of my best friends from college will do that. She'll take and she'll listen to this podcast and she'll say, it's just like we're talking on the phone. I know, she I and love I both that. tell very long-winded stories to each other. <laughs> and so it could be like a good 30 minutes she's telling a story or I'm telling a story. So Megan, if you're listening to this, I love you. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So for those of you that are new to me, uh, here at Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, we play what I call the Grateful Game. It is something that my son and I created a few years ago as our mini gratitude practice like every night before we went to bed. And so here I am almost 50 episodes into this podcast and every single one I have been closing out the podcast playing the grateful game with Mm. each of the guests. So Emily, I'm so excited that you're willing to play this with me. (laughs) And basically what we do is we give ourselves a certain amount of time. 
where we say what we're grateful for and why, and the person who has the most amount of it, uh, amount of ideas wins. Oh, now, wow. I will tell you, side note, uh, my son was nine, so he, right, he was going to be competitive with everyone and, and anything <laughs> around him. I choose to be, like my mother said, it doesn't matter who wins or loses, it's just that you play the game. Okay. And so I don't really care how many. So I will kick it off, let's say, let's do 30 seconds. So, okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm looking, and a lot of times I look around the room because everybody, if you're listening, do this with us. We all, I hope we all are grateful for the home roof over our head if you have one. Your family, my health, of course I'm happy and grateful for that. But it's the little things. Sometimes when you're down in the dumps, when you look around Mm. you and you see how little things can make you smile. And so for me, today I'm smiling at technology because as a podcaster, I got a gift a few years ago of this soundboard that has, obviously it connects us to do this equipment, to, to have this, but also... There's all sorts of fun things that we could do in the background, which I don't really use those so much, but someday, <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll play music. And so I'm really grateful that we have technology to bring that together. I am grateful um, for, in talking about the outdoors, I am grateful for um, just some of the paths that are around my neighborhood, mm. not even... Um, meant to be paths where people go huge hiking, but they're places where I'll take the the nooks and cranny places that we all know about in our neighborhood that I will take my dog on. And, you know, he's familiar with it now because we go so often. So I think that hit me at two. So I am going to toss it to you, Emily. All right. I've got a little timer going, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it moving. I am top of mind for me is I just got a vaccine appointment. I would be (sighs) remiss to not acknowledge. I'm so grateful for modern medicine and science and the scientific community that made this possible. So I'm getting my vaccine. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I'm so excited too. And that has made possible um, my first in-person speaking gig in Texas next month or two months from now in May that I'm really looking forward to. I'm talking with my client tomorrow and I was going to have to tell them I can't come unless I got a vaccine appointment and boom, it happened. So I'm feeling very grateful for the return of keynote speaking, which I love. Um, What else? I'm really grateful for this fluffy 11 and a half year old mutt who is sleeping by my side who I've had since he was four months old, and he's just the funniest, most character of a dog I've ever met. He has a lot of personality, and he's just so funny. What oh, I love, I, love, I love that. I, oh, I've little... gone a minute and a half already. My goodness. Isn't that funny? That Listen, I, but <laughs> that's where I, I love to do this, and I always go over time. I love it. But I, I do it to show people out there how simple it can be. Whether you do it with your child at night before bed, if you don't have a kid, if you do it in the morning when you wake up and you look out the window with your coffee or your tea or your hot water and lemon, whatever it might be, just look around and take a moment to reflect on something that makes you smile. And if you keep doing this, just like anything else, it's practice. If you keep doing it, you will notice yourself going throughout the day and looking for the good. And listen, I know that my positive energy here, like it may not change your bad day or your hardship, but it really, it can change your mood. And to Mm. me, you know, that is a step in the right direction and that can be healing. And so I am sending big hugs out there for everybody. 
Um, and for my cancer brothers and sisters, know that I am here for you as well, whether you're reaching out via Instagram, ask me questions, or anybody, if you have healthy living questions, you know you can ask me out, ask me them. I will have Emily's information in the show notes as well. But Emily, um, you're hashtag bossed up, correct? Bossed up org. Yeah, at bossed up org. At bossed up org. So you can reach out and follow her on social media. Um, and of course, I thank you all. I am grateful for all of you who are here today listening to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. Lots of love to you all and bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. Emily shares the importance of community in your professional and personal life. Now take a moment and think about that and what you might want from community. Do you want to volunteer more in your local community? Do you want to connect with events and people within your spiritual community? Or hey, do you want to pull back, make your community smaller, and keep that social life small. To me, what is important about community is that it plays a helpful and positive role in my life. And hey, we can all play a role in our community, the greater community or the smaller community among us as well. Now, if you're looking for a community for professional development, Emily's Boss Step is a great place to start. And if you're looking to talk about healthy living and be inspired to take small steps, come to us at Pretty Wellness on Instagram or any of our other social media platforms. And hey, if you want to do something local, check out your library online. They often have meetups or ways to connect both in person and online with like-minded folks. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.